Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for June 21st, 2018, and we have a short seven-game slate that could even end up being shorter because, once again, it looks like we have some crappy weather in the forecast. Hopefully everybody avoided the Brewers game that got rained out on Wednesday night, and then also, as I'm recording the which uh, the Orioles-Nationals game has been in rain delay for basically the entire night after playing through four innings, so not sure what they're going to do with that one either. Maybe that ends up being canceled. And then not sure how that's going to impact some of the pitching matchups for tomorrow. Hopefully it stays the same because I'm going to start with Max Scherzer at 14500 Very hefty price tag, but I think that he is somebody who's going to be my player pool. I think he's worth rostering even at that huge salary. It's going to be hard for him to put up like a 3x game or something like that at that price tag, but still huge upside for him. If you look at his last four starts, 44, 41, 26, 26 fantasy points, there's a, a very, very high floor to Scherzer, and then still you could get the 40-plus fantasy point from him, which would obviously be very nice for really any salary. But 14500 it's not like a lock autoplay, have to have Scherzer in all the lineups, very favorable matchup against the Baltimore Orioles, who have struggled against lefties. They've struggled against righties this year. They are at, what is it, 27th in WRC plus against right-hand pitching this year, and they're also striking out a ton. So I, I think that that is a spot that's definitely worth looking at here. Here's the Orioles number. You have 27th in WRC plus, 24.8% strikeout rate. That is an 82 WRC plus. Good matchup for Scherzer. I think that he is the guy to pay up for when looking at the other expensive options in Tyler Skaggs and Bumgarner. So in the lineups where you have the extra space, which I think could end up being a decent amount for me, it's going to be Scherzer is the guy. Then moving down, we have Carlos Martinez at 8000 This is a lot cheaper than he was earlier in the season. The issue is that he went on the disabled list, he came back, and he's been really terrible ever since he came back. It's... Uh, Slightly above average matchup against the Brewers. They have a 98 WRC plus against right-handed pitching, 24.9% strikeout rates. They strike out a decent amount. It's just, I, I do think that Martinez is still a really good pitcher. I'm just not sure how healthy he is right now. If you look at his three starts since coming off the DL, five walks, seven walks, six walks, he's not been able to locate the strike zone at all. So how I feel about Martinez for tomorrow night is I'm going to have some exposure to him. I'm going to have exposure to the Brewers offense. I think both of them have upside. Martinez... Early in the year before getting hurt, he was priced above 11000 He just hasn't been that pitcher recently, but that doesn't mean he can't rediscover his form. Uh, earlier in the year, if we would have saw him at 8000 we thought, oh, what a, what a ridiculous misprice. Carlos Martinez has been such a good pitcher. Uh, he's just kind of fallen apart recently. But for GPP, I'm definitely willing to bet on the upside that he turns around. Just very, very risky play. Somebody who's priced around the same of him that I think is a little bit safer is Tyson Ross at 7800 Really big park upgrade for him going into Safeco. I'm not Safeco, AT&T. Used to be Safeco. And the Giants, they are right in the middle of the road, 100 WRC plus against right-handed pitching. They actually are striking out a decent amount, 24.5% strikeout right against right-handed pitching. And the other thing, too, is, as I mentioned the other day, without Evan Longoria, this is a little bit of a downgrade to the Giants' offense. So a boost for Tyson Ross, 7,800. I think he makes for a decent value. There's some floor there. There's some upside. Tyson Ross was not good last year, but seems to have figured out how to pitch this year with the lesser velocity, 3.51 ERA, 3.61 FIP, striking out nine nine hitters per nine innings. So there's some strikeout upside there as well. 
And in terms of what Tyson Ross has done to make himself more effective this year versus last year's, so he's coming off the thoracic outlet surgery, which is actually the same surgery that Matt Harvey had that basically ended his career. And the velocity is still not for Tyson Ross what it was prior to the injury, but he's throwing a lot more off-speed pitches, a lot more sliders this year, and he's found a way to make the new pitch mix work and make him uh, an effective pitcher again. The next guy that I think is interesting is Zach Godley at 7,200. Godley has really regressed this year from what he was last year, except he's still striking out a lot of hitters, which gives him a lot of upside for DFS. If you look at his last five starts all over the place, negative six fantasy points, 22, negative six, 24, and 26. So, Hopefully we get one of those 26 fantasy point outings and not one of the negative sixes. Godly, another pitcher I think has a decent amount of upside in this spot. So for me, I think Ross is probably the pitcher I'm going to have the most exposure to, then Scherzer, then Godley, and then Carlos Martinez. But all four, I think, are worth looking at. Then moving into the offenses, uh, the other thing I have to mention is, so for the rain, the two games that we're expecting to be potential no-goes. One is the A's at White Sox game. Right now we're looking at 80% chance of rain basically from tomorrow afternoon in Chicago all the way through the end of the night. So that game right now just looks like it has to be a fade similar to what the Brewers game was for tonight's slate. If it was to play, the A's are going up against Lucas Giglio just easily would become the best spot on the slate just for now. I think that's probably going to rain out and a spot that we could stay away from. The other one is we have 70% chance of thunderstorms right now for a Cubs-Reds game. There is a window to play the game later in the night, so if the storms end up coming earlier than expected, this game could end up playing. Right now, though, it looks like it's going to rain throughout most of the game, and I think this is a game that could start in a rain delay and be a little bit too high of a risk of getting postponed, which has me off it. Uh, this one, I think, looks maybe a little bit more likely to play than the White Sox game. But as of right now, both the Cubs at Reds game and the A's at White Sox games just have to be fades for me due to crappy weather conditions. So the offense I do like, and this one pick, I really like it a lot. I think it's a very contrarian spot. I don't think people are going to be on it at all. And that's definitely one of the reasons I like it. Uh, and it's probably going to be make or break the slate for me. And that's the San Diego Padres. So the last time I've stacked against Bumgarner now for his last few starts, and he has just not been good this year at all. If we look at his numbers, he has a 4.67 ERA, 5.17 FIP. He's striking out 4.67 hitters per nine innings. He's not getting swing and misses at all. The velocity is way down again this year. I just really think he fucked up his shoulder last year in that motorcycle accident. The velocity never came back. I'm not sure if it's ever going to be there. I don't I don't know that Baumgartner is ever going to be a quality pitcher again. And he still had some ownership so far for starts this year. Uh, the one spot where it worked out really well going against him was stacking the Marlins against him for a second start. I had all the Marlins for like 1% ownership that night. And Brian Anderson put up a massive fantasy game. He had like 30 fantasy points at 2,600, if I remember correctly, at under 1% owned. And because this this slate is shorter, I don't think we'll get those kinds of crazy ownership on the Padres. But I do think that Bumgarner is going to be a fairly popular pick for this slate. So the Padres make a ton of sense as, re- as leverage. And I just think it's a better spot for them than it is for Bumgarner, given how much he struggled this year. And what's the upside for Bumgarner at this price tag when he's not getting strikeouts? 
So we look at some of these Padres. We've got Christian Villanueva who's hitting lefties really well this year. He's at 3,700. Hunter Renfro, home run threat. He's only at 3,500. The other thing, too, so even though AT&T Park does play as a pitcher's park, it's more of an extreme pitcher's park against left-handed batters than right-handed batters. So the right-handed hitters for the Padres lineup, the guys I just mentioned, Jose Perella also, I think this is a really good spot for them against Madison Bumgarner. And if they put up a good game, I think this is almost certainly going to be a profitable slate because they're not going to be very highly owned. If they get shut down by Bumgarner, it's probably not going to go well for me because I think Bumgarner is going to be a pretty pretty popular pick for this slate. But that's my favorite offense, the one that I'm going to have the most amount of exposure to. Uh, the other one that I mentioned before is the Brewers offense. I'm definitely going to be on the Brewers a little bit for this spot. Uh, just the variance of Carlos Martinez, we don't know. Is he still going to be bad? Is he going to pitch better? We don't really know. So that's that's another team I'm looking at. And then finally, we have the Los Angeles Angels going, going up against Aaron Sanchez. Sanchez, another pitcher who was one of the better pitching prospects in baseball, uh, got got himself hurt and hasn't really pitched much over the last couple of years and has really regressed this year. The stuff is still there for him, but he hasn't been able to generate swing and misses. He's not getting strikeouts anymore. The a the the Angels are up to fourth in WRC plus against right-handed pitching at 111. So I think that's kind of a safer stack to play at offense. Uh, I'm going to have more exposure to the Padres, but the Angels are going to be my second highest owned offense, and then I'll have some Brewers in there also. So those are the three offenses I'm going with on the slate. And the other thing that's nice about going back to the Padres is they're so cheap that you could very easily fit them in with Scherzer. So that's the situation where I'm going to be very high on Scherzer, and that's how I'm going to that's how I'm going to make them fit into lineups is with Padres stacks. So that is going to wrap up the podcast for Thursday. I'm not sure if I'm going to do one for Friday slate or not because I'm doing a bunch of content for the NBA draft with Josh Lloyd. Uh, haven't totally figured out if we're going to be live streaming while we're while we're watching the draft or just going to be a recap of the draft after it's over, but that'll probably be something we do pretty late at night. So depending when I finish up with that, we'll uh, hinge on if I end up doing a podcast for the Friday baseball slate. But Either way, I'll have, I'll have something that I put up on my Twitter feed of of some stuff that I'm doing if people feel like listening to me talk anyway. So that finishes the podcast. You follow me on Twitter at GArenbergDFS, and I'll have some stuff posted. Not exactly sure what yet for tomorrow night, but something will be there. So have a good one.